Welcome to PS a podcast hosted by me, Reg Thomas. Uh, this is a podcast connected to my comedy show, Productively Stoned. It's a 420 friendly comedy show where we have a 20 minute smoke session and we have a really dope comedy show with a bunch of dope comedians. On this show, I interview all the comedians who have been on my show, who will be on my show. Uh, for my first guest, I have Napoleon Emile coming all the way from North Carolina, one of the funniest comedians in America. You've seen him on Comedy Central, you've seen him on Showtime's Flatbush Misdemeanors. Uh, MTV. And MTV, one of my very good friends. You guys are going to enjoy him. We're going to talk about some of his journeys in comedy, uh, how he pulls himself together for stage, and we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, young comedians and their dumb opinions. <laughs> they're not dumb, man. They're just opinions. Reg Thomas is not a role model. He is a comedian. Some of the things he says may cause a person to get hurt, expelled, arrested, possibly deported. To put it another way, if you're offended by this, don't blame N-Stars. Time for a smoke session. <laughs> now a question from the internet. Y'all, I need some real advice. So my baby daddy been talking to this girl, texting back and forth. Apparently she's been making him happy or whatever. They haven't met and it's been three weeks. She keeps making excuses as to why she can't kick at her FaceTime. Now he's getting suspicious, talking about he thinks he's a catfish and shit. I think you want to email Max and Nev from Catfish. So my question is, should I tell them it's me? Or do y'all want to see me on TV? Uh, to answer your question, Shorty, definitely keep pushing this all the way to y'all end up on TV. Because I want to see this blow up in your man's face. But I want you to realize, uh, toxic beget toxic, alright? You sound like you and this man deserve each other. Alright, if your man, if you caught your man creeping or ready to start seeing another chick or he texting another chick and you catfishing him and it's you, clearly, where's your self-respect? Just dump him and move along. Girls nowadays, I don't understand where y'all come from. Y'all would rather, like, learn how to cast a spell than just leave us alone. A bitch would become a whole witch before she just leave you alone. <laughs> a bitch would learn the dark arts. <laughs> so this would be like, you know what? Don't call me. I love a bitch who will block me. Thank you. It, even though it's wild. Waking up blocked is nuts. You ever wake up blocked? <laughs> like, sometimes we're just not good people. But instead of just letting us be trash, y'all like, you know what? He needs to learn a lesson. It's like, no, you're just going to annoy me and just teach me how to be a better piece of shit. Just leave this guy. Or just get down with the program. You clearly just as bad as him. You have the time to, like, be this manipulative. You created a whole chick for him to fall in love with when you could have just took the time to be the chick that he likes. You're the problem. Y'all deserve each other. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by NSTARS. For the latest news in Hollywood, follow NSTARS.com. E-N-S-T-A-R-Z.com. Well, I will let you in on a little bit of a secret. The next time you go to Times Square, there's a place you should go. It's called Eminem World. Familiar with it? Yeah, I know you are. I just heard about this place, and I went there for the first time. I walked inside. There was Eminem's everywhere. I was like, this must be the place. Still clear comes up to me. He's like, sir, can I help you finding a particular? I was like, yeah, Skittles. He didn't find that shit funny. I'm glad you guys laughed. He's like, well, sir. You can get a pound of M&M's for $20. To which I replied, how much for an eighth? <laughs> it's like I trust your product. I just need a little bit for myself. Not really trying to supply the whole hood. But I, how are you doing, bro? I'm chilling, bro. You, I just got back from San Francisco. All right, how you doing, bro? <laughs> I'm just sharing that. You've been to San Francisco. You was the first person. No, I didn't, get, I didn't get back from San Francisco. I've been to San Francisco, though. I love it. 
Did you have a good time? I got faded. Did you? All right. How was the shows? The shows were great. They fucking, like, literally white people carried me out. Literally. Like, crowd surfed. They tried to for me, but I was too big. I, they can't carry me out, but. Maybe it was a small audience. No, nah, it was a big audience. <laughs> it was a big audience. They, I feel like they could have carried me, but they was being real lazy when I was there. Yeah, not my audience. My audience, my comedy brought the enthusiasm out of them. You got a, you got a. You got a kidnappable body type, so they can like carry you and grab you because you because you kind of like you condensed. <laughs> you trying to call me frail? <laughs> I'm saying you snatchable. Snatchable, that's true. They got a they got a problem. Is, they see me. Problem is people like me and you don't get kidnapped. Who kidnapped niggas outside of white men? White men. <laughs> right, like, that's not even that's not even they spiel no more. <laughs> they need some organs. They kidnapping us. <laughs> but I just, but I got back from San Francisco. You was the first person I knew to rock out there. But you've been on the road really? a lot lately. Yeah, you you was the first person I I really you was the first homie I knew that was went across the country when you oh, did word. that tour a couple years back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a fun tour. I love San Francisco. Probably one of my favorite outside of New York and like home North Charlotte is one of my favorite like cities like comedy wise. But also it's just a dope city. I think. I don't know. The ill part is just that everything shuts down pretty early, so it doesn't really have that. Like living out here, you get used to being out or just having that option to be out. Yeah. Now, when we moved productively stone to the stand, you were on the first lineup on that show, the four twenty show. Yeah. Yeah. Would you thought? Would you remember your thoughts on that? That was a long time ago. I don't know if you. That was earlier this year. Yeah. <laughs> that was a few months back. You know how many blunts you smoked between now and four twenty? Yeah, I don't have a memory problem like that. Uh what my thoughts was when I did it, that sh- that show. Or in general, whenever you've done it. I mean, that show was particular because it was April 20th. You know what I'm saying? The first month, they kind of opened it up for comedy after the pandemic. So it was good to be back outside and see niggas. And like, yeah, we had good sales that time. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I've done, a, I've done your show in a lot of different locations. I've done it at Karma. You did it at Karma. You did it at the Soho Playhouse. Soho Playhouse, Karma. I did it at Van Halen. Yeah, Cafe oh, Azuli. Cafe Azuli. Where else? That's it. For the record, I just wanted to really scratch that whole I would love to do this show narrative you were pushing because I'm like, dog, there, I there think isn't... they figured it out that I've oh, done it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Napoleon to try you. <laughs> but that's like that's like my love language. I don't even want to know what you think of the Chappelle special or nothing like that. What do you think of younger comedians who are out running around screaming that Chappelle is not funny? I mean, that's their opinion. I don't agree with it, but that's their opinion. I mean, he's proven a lot that he's a naturally funny dude. So I think that's, you can't argue that. What you can argue is like maybe his content. You say if you don't fuck with something he said, then that's 100% understandable. Right. And it could be agreeable. But one thing he's not is not funny. Yeah. is And I, because I naturally have like an asshole energy about myself, when I heard people saying it, I was just kind of was keeping it to my... I, was, I, I heard them and I was just like... Like, you know, like someone's like, yeah, he's not funny. And then I thought they were going to like give me like a TED talk as to like what happened. They were like, nah, it's just... I mean, people can give you a TED talk, but I'm like, what's the point of this conversation? You trying to change my mind? Because I don't agree. I'm not about to get my mind changed. Like I can hear what you're saying and be like, "Yeah, I get that." And I, I'll I, get, I can definitely respect I'll validate. your view. Yeah, I mean, I can respect your view. I don't need somebody to like Chappelle. I mean, I'm not Chappelle. You know what I'm saying? I'm more worried about 
the jokes I'm trying to get off and tell and the stage time I'm getting versus like, hey, what do you think about Chappelle? Not saying you, nothing wrong with you asking, obviously, but like those ki- like you know some of these comics that's just like you know fuck Chappelle. I was like, I, I hear you. You know what it is, bro? I'd like everything you just said. I completely agree with. It was a. For me, it was a person who I don't think is funny who said Ooh, Chappelle whoa. wasn't funny. Now that you're not funny, keep your opinion. To yeah, yourself. that's what that's what had me in like the chokehold. That's what had me in the chokehold. <laughs> Go ask somebody who don't know you not funny. <laughs> yeah, like it was this com- it was this comedian and it was a comedian who was it? No, I'm joking. It was a comedian who bombed on Productively Stone before. And yeah, I was, man, that could be anybody. It could be anybody. And was I was it, was just, it me? No. Nah. <laughs> right. And I just remember I was like, I, mind you, it's like. Without giving away too much, productively stone, we bring a lot of black girls to the show, like a lot of black. Oh, so this is a woman. Yeah, it was a black chick, and I was just like, "Listen, man, I ain't gonna be on camera talking shit about black queens." <laughs> I agree with everything she said. Actually, I'm t- <laughs> anyway, all right, fine. Yeah, like it. Not, it don't even matter. If she was a chick. I just was like. The only reason I bring up the, the fact that she's a chick is because like she bombed in front of an audience full of her people, uh, full of, yeah, full of like full black of chicks. And I was like, I was like, you can't even connect. I mean, look, I feel like, um, you know, we all we all we all hit strides at different 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 times. But the one thing we all can do, even if we're not stand-ups, is like have an opinion on like something. Because once you put something out, you put it out to be criticized by everybody else. It's no longer yours to like hold on to. You talking once, about like a, you talking about like anybody at work that a copy? Yeah, if you put out a, a special, you put out an album, you put out a clip online, a, a sketch, you put out a painting, you put out a sculpture, anything that you create and you put it out is for everybody else to kind of like have their own opinion on it. You know what I'm saying? Like that's it's like it's opened up for that. Yeah. But like, you know, I don't know. I find them funny. I don't think somebody yeah, got necessi- I don't opinion. think somebody necessarily got to be like, you know, a ill comedian to have an opinion on them. You know what I'm saying? Whether I validate their opinion or not, you know, say depends on, you know, what it is they say. But, you know, I don't really take it personal or feel bad if anybody's like, oh, Chappelle's not funny. I'm like, I'll still watch him. With that being said, shorty who couldn't connect with a room full of black girls, I'm sure she'll get a writing job that I couldn't get, but... (laughs) I'm sure the Black Lady Sketch Show is dying to hire her, but... (laughs) I don't know who you're talking about, but I'm trying to figure it out. But either way, I mean, that's not important. Either way, it's like... You know, we all have our own like kind of lanes with comedy. Well, some I, of us, some of us are, you know, what I'm saying we're gonna hit the stage and we're gonna like excel at the stage. Some people wanna get into writing and be like, you know, in that that, that well, they'll be in that 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 short list. You know, what I'm saying of writers and stuff like that. They'll get on different projects and contribute and stuff here and there. I mean, going to an open mic is like just like stage one and everything else is kind of like out there. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like you got people that start doing stand-up that become, you know, filmmakers, directors, people that become just A-list like Hollywood actors, people who, you know, who go on to like 
host game shows forever. That's you know what I'm saying? Bag. I can't. I would love to do that. I mean, it's a consistent bag. It's a job, and it's like you know, you on TV on a, either on a weekly basis or a daily basis. You know what I'm saying? But either way, it's like there's so many different avenues to get to from like stand up. Like, I mean, whether you bomb on a show and can write a good pilot or don't like somebody else's jokes, like. It's all like here and there, bro. It's all relative shit. You know the fear of bombing when you first do comedy, like that, like that anxiety. Yeah, you don't want to do bad. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever go through anything in life that made you like, all right, like, regardless of how scared I am of bombing right now, like, I, if I've been through this, like, I, I've been through worse. Yeah, yeah, man. I think about that a lot with stand up. What was the one thing? The one thing is like multiple things that I've been through worse that I'm just like, this shit ain't nothing. Like. Like, in times where I'm, like, stressed out about something, right? Just, like, sometimes when it comes to just drama within comedy. And then I'll quickly remember, like, damn, dog. You used to, like, run around in the streets, dog. It don't really make a difference. Ain't nobody going to pull up on you and back out. <laughs> Jordan always gives me the best advice when it comes to comedy shit. If I ever have issues with another comic or, if like, is there any type of issue, Jordan would be like, you not popping enough to have issues with niggas. <laughs> and then I just drop whatever the issue is. Jordan be like, yo, you really think you could afford to just have people know that you don't like another nigga in comedy? And I was like... <laughs> I feel like this, man. You ain't got to be popping to dislike niggas. Like, you can just be vocal about that and still find your way to, like, you know, a bag. But um, what's the question? Did I ever go through anything? Well, what well, like, what were the things that, like, when you were early on scared about the... Like, people understand well, the anxiety I played, that comes I played, when you first do stand-up. I played ball, right? I played football. So, like, I traveled a lot with that. And, like... um you know, when I played arena and semi-pro, I played for some good teams and I played for some bad teams. And some of those bad teams were bad. And, you know, you'd be on the road and, like, you know, you basically bombing in a game, <laughs> getting your ass kicked. And then it's like, you know, a bunch of they fans just cheering at you, at you and your homies getting, like, laid out and stuff. Throwing <laughs> 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 popcorn. Like, then when you – and if you're, like, a, on a good team, you say you playing somewhere and you busting their ass, that whole audience is, like, Fuck as you me. walk into the to – the, to the locker room, they throwing shit at you, spitting at you and shit, being like, fuck you. So you got to deal with all of that type of like yeah, nasty like, hatred. You know what I'm that saying? That type of shit will prepare you so much more for New York City comedy. Yeah, I mean, it'll just prepare you just for life in general. Just like, just, I feel like all of that stuff is like, they all play its part. You know what I'm saying? With comedy, um, I don't know. I, I, get, I get like nervous before I go on stage all the time. Still? Yeah. I mean, that's just a part of it. Like, I don't. For real? Yeah, I don't try to like. I don't try to like run from it or try to let it cripple me. What it is is like, I have stage fright, right? And I've learned a long time ago from like an OG who's like, "Yo, you'll never get rid of that stage fright. You'll just have to learn. You just have to learn to manage it." So. You know, I go on stage, <laughs> right? I had a Jamaican uh, mentor give me advice about that. You go on stage and shit is like. Yeah, man, I'm like a nervous wreck. Like, I'm like, my hand be shaking and shit. And then, like, I'll say that first thing that gets a laugh. And I'm like, all right, next laugh. Get to the next part. Yeah. Talk really, all it is is like, how do I start this? And then once you start it, you're like, I, I know what I'm doing. Yeah, man, I know how to start and shit like that. I, I feel like if I didn't have that energy, I probably would not enjoy it as much. It's like, kind of like, I don't know. It's like exciting. It's like, if I don't have that nervousness, then if I'm too chill, then it's just like, 
For me, it was that that was the first piece of advice I ever got in comedy. I, like before I did comedy for long, for real, I was a barber in college, and my Jamaican barber was the one who was like letting me like learn under up under him. And uh, I was like, I want to do stand up, but I was just so nervous I couldn't sleep. That nigga's like, that's your passion. <laughs> He's like, first of all, he would never call me regional. He'd be like, regional, regional. That's your passion day. That's how much. You, that's how good you want to be. So like when he when called he, you a location, is <laughs> so like regional. When he told me that the butterflies and like the stage fright was just how bad I wanted to be good at it, it made me it made me deal with it better. Like yeah, it's just like you said, like it gave me a better relationship. I mean, it. I don't like I don't like fucking public speaking, bro. I like would give like you know presentations in school, and I'd be like fucking Flunk. like you pass out. I mean, I wouldn't pass out, but like I. would you know, I'd I'd have I'd I'd sweat. I'd fucking get like cold and sweat. My you hands were sick. You never let niggas know that you fat to find out you was reading and shit. Not even. Man. Today I in just, my presentation, they was like, "You been reading?" They were like, "Look at this nigga trying to learn in his off time." <laughs> what the fuck is this, blood? <laughs> they were like, "How you find time to do this between, be, between football and 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 fucking whatever?" I was like, "I don't know," but either way, I just wasn't with it, bro. I just did not like doing it, and like, I started comedy late because of that. Did you like school? No, I hated school, bro. Bro. Nah, I wasn't a fan. A lot of comedians are like nerdy though. Some of them. Yeah. Not everybody. I'm not saying that I was like a, a fucking jock. Nah, not even a jock. Just like I wasn't like some type of like just badass throughout high school or nothing like that. I just I just rather have been somewhere else. Where would you want to be when you were sixteen, my nigga? When I was sixteen? I just wanted to be somewhere else. I just wanted to just graduate at that point. I just wanted to get out of there. <laughs> I don't know. I thought I wanted to. I wanted to play ball when I was a kid. Uh, so I, that was probably like what position? You, you know what? We've been homies for years. I don't even know what position you. I think you played on the line. Yeah, I played. Yeah, obviously, bro. I played D line. What are you talking about? You so slim and sleek. You roasted me, man, on your own podcast. No, I'm not roasting you. You had me as a guest. All right, man. We're moving on. Um, <laughs> My lip just hit the mic. <laughs> COVID. Uh, you was an offensive lineman? D lineman, defensive line, D tackle. I played a little offensive line. I wasn't really. You didn't have the skill set? No, I was good. I just, I just, I was bored with it. Like, it wasn't boring. It wasn't like it was like easy or anything. I just, um, I felt, I don't know, I felt like better use of my skill set on D line. I have like really long arms. Right, and when you're on offensive line, you got to keep them tucked and blocked and stuff like that. Versus like when defense, I had long arms, I could like cut off like you know passing lanes, distract the quarterback, reach and grab somebody. Like you know, say I had, I used more of my like body playing D line versus on offensive line was just like very, it's technical, it's technique and stuff. You have to have good footwork and good eyes. You have to be smart to play both sides, but like. I don't know. I just didn't have as much fun on the offensive line. They always say playing organized sports gives you character for certain shit. Like, you feel like football helps you with where you at? Yeah. I mean, I did a lot of, like, we did a lot of summer workouts, right? We we worked out throughout the whole summer. So, you know, you'd be going up to practice 8 in the morning, 9 in the morning, you know what I'm saying, for summer workouts every day. So you basically forfeit in your summer to go run around and sweat and, Watch other 15. Also, sacrifices. It taught you sacrifices. Yeah. If other 15, 16 year olds, you got to just be around other kids just sweating and throwing up and smelling terrible in a, in a weight room in a basement, like early in the morning. Like, 
But we also were like, we were also undefeated and won four championships. So like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we were like a powerhouse where I was at. It wasn't worth it. Uh, I mean, listen, man. I'm just fucking. A lot of times I'll go on stage and I'll have like a terrible set. I'll be like, oh man, I don't want to come back to this. I don't want to do this tomorrow. But then I'll still go and like I would sit there at practice early in the morning, be like stretching, and like. It's like, you know, 90-something degrees, and it's the south. And it's like fucking, we just surrounded by dragonflies mating. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to be here. Terrible. <laughs> they all, like, at this level, just, like, flying just around. Fucking your, <laughs> flying around your face, trying to fuck each other. Yeah. That's funny as hell. You're like, I want to go home. I don't want to be out here. Can you describe... <laughs> could you describe... Did you play ball? <laughs> I played ball. It also reminded me of that, um, that clip of that black... Um, Black newsman that was like, what the fuck is this shit? I'm oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Get out of this shit. Get me out of here. He lost his mind. I remember that. Yeah, that's exactly what it's like, bro. But you got to stay still. And it's like, you know, 80 of y'all on the field and you just got to like, <sighs> fucking, fucking dragonflies. <laughs> Question. Can you describe the experience of dealing with a heartbreak while still having to be responsible and make people laugh? Describe an experience dealing with a heartbreak? No, like, you were going through heartbreak, but you still, like, as a comedian, like, you still have to do the job of making people laugh, but you heartbroken about. Yeah, I remember a couple years ago, I was up, I was telling jokes, and, like, it was right after the Panthers had lost the Super Bowl, and, like, they was acting like they wasn't even supposed to be there, and I was brokenhearted about how terrible Cam played, and then I had to go tell jokes. And? Is that... Is that what you want? Sure. But, like, what was that like? Like, you, had, <laughs> like you hurt in your feelings, but you still responsible? Nah, all right, all right. I feel like I know what you're trying to ask me. We, I all mean, right, like, bro. it could be, it, it don't got to be, it, you do know what I'm trying to ask you. I but, do know what you're trying to ask me. But, like, but uh, I asked the question, I'm I asking. I went and done productively stoned last year, straight off of a breakup earlier that day. Is that what you asked nah, me? No, <laughs> that's not what I'm asking you at all. I'm asking you, like, the experience of just, like. <laughs> I looked at those photos, I was like, look at myself. Nah. I wasn't even there. <laughs> I'm talking about the experiences is like, like. Like, it's life. Like, as a comedian, like, the whole job is that, like, we have to fucking make people laugh. All right, perfect example. When I watched my cousin Gary pass away, I was in the hospital room with him. He took his last breath. I stayed there for about 45 minutes. And then I went down to Gotham and I did a spot. And it made me feel really trash about myself because I was like. Well, I mean, I don't know, man. I I, I wouldn't feel trash about yourself, but I get the feeling. I, was, like, I, I, I didn't feel like trash about myself. A, I was trash because my cousin had just it's a, it's a syndrome, you know what I'm saying? You, you sitting there thinking, like, I'm over here doing this thing that I want to do that I'm enjoying and I feel like I should be sad or I feel like I should not be celebrating or like all of that. But like, you know, um, if I, I was a guy, if I, I was a guy, I would tell all my niggas, go do your spots. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I wouldn't say sit here and waste time being like, sit here feeling pity and like feeling bad. Like life goes on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I, I performed and I did good and I like, I just don't know how I was able to pull myself together other than I just know that, like, missing that opportunity Well, that's, sometimes that's just, like, that shit is necessary. Like, a lot of people work jobs that they don't want to do. So then they watch somebody die, and then they got to go and fucking, like, you know, restock the the Coke, like, refrigerator. Vending machine somewhere. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, they got to go put, re-put, snap, grab Snapples from the basement and then put them back in the thing, like, in the freezer. Yeah, that was the one part of it. Like, I, was like, shit, I was like, like, I could be clocking into the Apple store. Yeah. I just got to go tell some dick jokes. Yeah. 
Or you could go up there, and the dope thing about it is you can go up there and you could talk about your cousin. You could talk about your day that night and make that funny if you can. Like, that's the thing about comedy is, like, you know, if I was, like, a homie, like... I hate the a homie, A homie said this to me a couple of years ago. He was, like, because he was a musician. He was a rapper before he did stand-up. Uh, Rufat. Okay, yes. like... And I was, like... Uh, Another future you guest see on your, the PS I'm, like, podcast. you see yourself doing comedy forever. Like, you enjoyed it? He was, like, yeah. I was, like, I bet if I asked you a couple of years ago... If you saw yourself making music forever, you'd probably say the same thing. He was like, yeah, I would have. But the one thing I've realized is that when I'm 50, if I was a musician and I go on stage, people are like, yo, seen that shit you wrote when you was 30. Seen that shit you wrote when you was 25. But as a stand-up, you're 50, you can go up there and talk about what you read in the paper that day. You can read, talk about your interaction with your mailman, your wife, your children that day. So that's kind of like... The range you get to have, you may not always do that, but See, like you have that gotta, option. Yeah, I, for me, it's backwards. This is exactly what I'm thinking. Everything you just said is exactly what I'm thinking, but in reverse. Like, like, tell them jokes you said when you was 25. Yeah, I'm like, yo, I would love to. Like, <laughs> it's way too much pressure. If there's to be, relevancy on them, I mean, yeah, bro, I guess like, you can keep them around, but a lot of things get time stamped. I mean, I don't even like, feel like I relate to like 16 year olds now. So like, it's not about relating. I would much to people. rather like be a one being being a one. Well, it is wonder. about it is about relating to people, but like I think we put too much emphasis on how we relate. It's like I could talk about a homie going to jail, right, and in front of a bunch of white people who may not have that same experience, right, but I can make them relate to it by talking about confusion or like being afraid or like you know what I'm saying in funny ways, like 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 kind of why they did what they did. Like they can relate to like. Uh, intent and, and like they can relate to like an emotion they may not be able to relate to like the situation right my audience people I get in front of may not Who have is your the audience? same situation you ever write you ever meet some of your fans yeah all the time you'd be surprised you'd be like I mean I mean I mean though we live on online so a lot of them hit me up on Instagram so it's not like I'm just like running into them Every day, but like I'll run into people from time to time. I'll be out and somebody will like pull up on me. And I don't know, bro. I remember I was like, man, I'm gonna have fans. It's gonna be lit. I'm gonna fuck my fans, and that's why I meet my fans. I was like, yuck. Mm. I mean, jerk off it is. Most of your friends look like your producer. You know what I'm saying? That'd be the <laughs> yeah, reality. a lot of my, a lot of my. <laughs> be like a bald white dude. Be like, I love your comedy. You're like, thanks, it's bro. Like, what? Yeah. Is this your wife? Nice. Does she <laughs> fuck with it? No. Okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, when you find out who the who uh, who your voice of comedy resonates with, you're like, oh, I might be a terrorist cell. Like, I mean, bro, <laughs> all your fans are incels. Yeah. <laughs> don't they none of them like they don't house. none of them believe in themselves. They all live in a basement. <laughs> <laughs> For real. But they give li- they get life through your words, bro. <laughs> They're like, yes, I too smoke weed. <laughs> Speaking of smoke weed, this episode is done. That was quick. Yeah, it was. I had a good time. All right. Um, go on. Have you back sometime in the future. Yeah, I'll be back. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, thank you for listening to the newest episode of PSA Podcast. I've been your host, Reg Thomas. Shout out my producer, Junius Valentine. On the sound, we have Adam Mock, and this has been a nstars.com production. For the latest Hollywood news, make sure you follow nstars.com. E-N-S-T-A-R-Z.com. If I'm doing a podcast about Productly Stone, which is a show. I would I wish I would have got I wish I had time to get high before you. You still on the high part. Napoleon, we will smoke as soon as this is done. I hope so.
As soon as this is done, we gonna light That's it up. That's the only reason why I came. I know it is. <laughs> <laughs> I did hit you with the yo, come through. I got you. I got a problem. <laughs> yeah, I hit you. I hit you on the line earlier, like yo, yo, we already know how it is. Yeah, I made it seem like that. it was gonna be one of our regular nights. You did say that. Yeah, now we're like in the financial district doing a podcast. Now I'm in a meeting room, <laughs> in a building in the in the financial district. <laughs> Having a good time with your best friend. It's a nice table. You just skip over the best friend part, but cool. Uh, 